we turn to God's Word. If you want to borrow a Bible, you can. To be quite honest, we've got just two verses to look at this morning. They're going to be on the screen in a minute. Uh, so if you, if you don't have to, but if you want a Bible to borrow, then put your hand up and we'll turn to those Bibles in a short while. Um, but if you want one, just stick your hand up and then Chris is on standby to hand out uh, Bibles. There is lots to give thanks for, isn't there? We, we've given thanks for all the different, the A to Z of fruit and vegetables, all the things that God provides us that grows on the land. And this is an amazing display. Thank you to all of you that brought this produce. And of course, they're going to, um, to go to people that need that as well. And that is good to know. Thanks also for all the thanks that we've put on the post-it notes. <laughs> Do you know that when post-it notes were invented, it was an accident? 3M, who invented post-it notes, one day was making some glue and something went wrong. And the glue wasn't sticky enough. And they thought, what can we do with this product that's glue but not really glue? So they invented post-it notes. I just wish they made them a little bit more sticky. (laughs) But nevertheless, there are things on there, whether they've fallen off or not, they are things that we give thanks for. And it's good to give thanks. And God, um, if we were to look into the Old Testament, I was was given some thought um, a couple of weeks ago when I started think about this harvest service why do we do harvest services and and if you look at some of the traditions and some of the things and maybe we go back to the victorians and you and you look at why we do it to be quite honest we got into some rather pagan rituals they weren't very biblical and i thought well maybe we shouldn't be doing this but actually if you go back to the old testament if you look at what god laid out in leviticus leviticus 23 that's not our passage don't go there God laid out a number of festivals, and there's two festivals that I think there are a note here. The first is the Festival of Weeks. The Festival of Weeks was a celebration 50 days after Passover. It's what we now know as Pentecost. It's a celebration that many churches up and down the land celebrate 50 mean, uh, from the Greek uh, word Pentecost. And it was, it was the time when the first fruits of the harvest were brought to God in thanks. It was an opportunity to bring them and sacrifice a lamb and to say thank you to God right at the very beginning. So here we are in September at the end of the harvest, although the harvest these days is all over the place. We've learnt to grow things in tunnels and greenhouses and hydroponically and goodness knows what else. But there was another celebration. And it was a celebration called the Festival of Tabernacles or the Festival of Tents. And now you're going, oh, now I understand why they put two tents at the front of the church this morning. It wasn't just some strange thing that the post-its won't stick to. This was a festival which was perhaps one of the best festivals of all. It lasted seven days. And it It reminded them of the time as Israelites that they were coming through the wilderness and they were living in tents. So often they would camp out during this festival in little tents, probably not looking too dissimilar to these ones. And they would give thanks. And as I say, it would last seven days. And on one of these festivals in Jerusalem, and we turn to uh, John chapter 7, 
we are find that Jesus was there at the festival. And let's read these words together. John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. If you have a church Bible, it's page 1072. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of flowing water will flow from within them. These are Jesus' words. If anyone is thirsty, let them come to me. Anyone who believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Now they're quite nice words, aren't they? That's a nice thing for Jesus to say as he stood up and said in this loud voice these words. Maybe people thought, oh, it's a bit odd. I don't know what they thought, to be quite honest, but actually what he was offering was something real. And my challenge to us this morning, if we want reality of understanding Jesus, if we want to have a life that is real, then we need to connect with Jesus. And we need to understand what it is to be thirsty. So it was on the last day of the festival. Verse 2 in chapter 7 tells us it was this festival of tabernacles or festival of tents. Jesus joined the festival partway through. Verse 14 says he went up in the middle of the week. All this is recorded by John. And you think to yourself, What is the significance of this festival? Why has John taken the trouble? Clearly he thinks it's worth mentioning. Clearly he needs to remind us, back in Leviticus 23, Moses, or God through Moses, gave a whole number of festivals, and one of them was this, to dwell in booths, as it says in Leviticus 23. And God has ordained this annual event to help them to look back, to remind them how God had saved them and taken care of them. And on the very last day of the festival, Jesus stands up. Now, it just so happens, and I placed a glass of water here this morning. Here it is. Just so happens on that very last day of the festival was the day they remembered a particular story that we read about in Exodus, Exodus chapter 17. It was that moment when, well actually one of many moments, when the Israelites were grumbling. They were thirsty and they were in a place where there was no water. And they said to Moses, Moses, why did you bring us out of Egypt back there? We had the river flowed. There was lots of water. If that dried up, we could have eaten cucumbers. Well, they probably didn't say that, but it was that sort of thing. They were grumbling and they were moaning at Moses, saying, why? We've got no water for our children. We've got no water for our herds. How crazy. Why are we here? God says to Moses, take your staff and strike this rock and I will provide water. And he does. And in the cleft of the rock, this water starts to miraculously flow that tastes amazing. 
and it gave all the water that they needed for all of their families and for all of their herds, and God provided. And on this very last day of this festival, this seven-day festival, when they're remembering this and they're pouring water and they're celebrating, and it's a wonderful festival, Jesus stands up in a loud voice and says, if anyone is thirsty, they need to come to me. And as I said, it's quite possible that those around him didn't have a clue what he was going on about. Didn't understand necessarily how he was fulfilling these festivals. But if you were to read through the Gospel of John, you'd see that John hopefully lays out for us in this Gospel how Jesus does fulfill this and many other festivals that went on in the Old Testament in in the days before. Jesus is now saying, look, if you're thirsty for God, Israel, then don't look back. Don't even look forward. Now is the time. Now is the time. Look at me. Here I am. I fulfill this. Here is an invitation, Israel. Actually, it spans the generations. Here is an invitation, church. It's the same invitation as it was Back then, 2,000 years ago, as it is today, it is still relevant. So let's look together at this invitation. Well, The first thing I see about it is it says, let anyone. This is an invitation, a personal invitation for everyone. Claire, you were brilliant. Thank you for your testimony. Where have you gone? What did you say? It was available for everyone. And this is true. This is something that Jesus is offering and it is available to everyone. It's a personal invitation to us all. But then there's a condition. He says, let anyone who is thirsty. You have to be thirsty. So the question here is, are we thirsty? Are we thirsty? Are you thirsty? He's no longer talking about a physical thirst here, although I have to say, I'm just going to take a sip of water. As I have a dry mouth. He's not talking about a thirst that can be quenched with physical water. He's talking about a spiritual thirst. And maybe you're here this morning and you realize, you, yeah, I have this spirit. There's something about where I am that I'm restless. I'm looking for something. Maybe you're weary. Maybe you're tired of life. There has to be more than this, you say. You see, that is true. We were created to thirst for God. And this is the thirst that Jesus is talking about. He's looking around at all the celebrations. They're all looking back and holding on to the past and how good it was. Celebrating when God was blessing them when they had a great leader in Moses. But in reality... They were still thirsty. 
Sometimes life can be like that. And we look back at the good times and desire to be back when everything was in our minds. I perfect. Maybe you remember to a good occasion. Maybe you think, oh, when, it, when I was growing up maybe. Or when everything was better. Are you thirsty? Have your spiritual taste buds forgotten what this spiritual water can give you? Maybe you've, a bit like Barney, you know, at the age of 12, he became a Christian, but he came away and eventually came back with Claire, or actually Claire came back with him. Maybe you look around at others, and you see their faith, and you see how it's a foundation for how they deal with life's problems and life's troubles. And you go, oh, could that be me? Are you feeling thirsty this morning? Well, if anyone is thirsty, Jesus says, come to me. What does it mean to drink this spiritual water? How do we see Jesus? Well, today we see Jesus through his word, the Bible. We see Jesus through a message a bit like this one. Maybe we see Jesus lived out in a life. But how do we come to Jesus? He's not physically here. We can't walk over to him. Well, the truth of it is, it's not a physical thing. It's a thing of the heart. It's saying to ourselves in our hearts, yes, I see in Jesus what I'm looking for. And I wish to believe. You see, drinking is believing. How do we see that in this verse? Well, it says here, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes. It's a small jump in a way from drinking to believing. But actually, if you were to go back um, to chapter 6 and verse 35, you would see another point where Jesus says um, about being thirsty. And he says, whoever believes in me, never thirsts. So there is a definite link between being thirsty and believing. But there's also a difference. You see, there is a difference between chapter 6 and verse 35 when he says, if you believe in me, you will never thirst again. And in chapter 7, verse 38, the verse that we have for ourselves today, it talks about something beyond. It's an outflowing of rivers. In fact, I've put here, it will both quench our thirst and cause it to overflow. It is not just a case of saying, Lord, I need your spiritual water. I need to believe in you. I wish you to fill up my, gla- my glass. It's beyond the capacity of the cup. He talks about these rivers flowing out. Do you need that? Do we church need to have this river of water flowing from within us? Somebody this week, I was talking about what we were going to be looking at this morning, and she said to me, oh, have you heard about the cup of coffee? <laughs> what? Yeah, the cup of coffee. She says, if, you, if you've got a cup of coffee and you're walking in a crowd, 
and somebody nudges you, the coffee spills out. Why did the coffee spill? Because somebody nudged you and it was full. But what if it was tea? Coffee wouldn't spill out. What would spill out then? And she said, Mark, what's in us? What is it in daily life that when we are walking around and troubles come and people bump into us, maybe not physically, but you know, there's issues that we come up with in our daily lives, what spills out? And I thought, wow, what a great illustration. You see, Jesus here is offering to not just quench our thirst. He's offering to give us a life that can be flowing out like a river of living water flowing from within us. Do you want that? Maybe you've made a commitment in the past. Maybe you've, um, you, know, you find life tough and you just say, Lord, I just want more. I want to know more of this flowing river. We used to talk and joke about Spring Harvest, the Christian festival. We're talking about Festival of Tabernacles. But often people would go to places like Word Alive or Spring Harvest. Or you know, today you might have gone to Hill House. And it's a great week. It's an opportunity to really connect with God. And then you come away and Monday happens. And then you feel dry. And maybe not in good connection with God. We need this spiritual water in our lives. What is this spiritual water? Well, it's not on the screen, but John helpfully tells us, and and this is perhaps why those at the time wouldn't have understood. In verse 39, he says, By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. And that brings us back to Pentecost. That other festival, 50 days after Passover, when Jesus had gone, and then, as promised, the Holy Spirit came. So I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know if you have a trust, whether you believe in Jesus. I don't know whether the Lord is prompting you by his Spirit to say, like Claire was, actually, yes, I need this water. This spiritual water. Maybe you've been coming to Abbey Church for 20 years. Maybe shorter. Maybe another church. And you just want to reconnect with this. Wherever we are this morning, we can do that. And I'm just going to ask for us to bow our heads in prayer. And let's pray for God's outpouring of his spiritual water on our life. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for all the good things that you give us. We're thankful for the fact that we have those around us that love us. Lord, we're thankful for for Abbey Church. We're thankful for all these things on these post-it notes. And thank you, Lord, for all what this food here represents. And, And even things like the flowers and creation and all the good things you give to us. But Lord, you created us to thirst for you. And Lord, if we're honest, we're thirsty. 
And so like right now, Lord, right now on this Sunday, there might be, Lord, somebody here that wants to understand and believe in you. And right now, Lord, I want you to touch their hearts as we say, Lord, come and refresh. Bring your blessing, I pray. Lord, Claire talked about sin. Lord, we, we are sinners. We are fallen. Lord, help us to understand more of you. To trust you. Lord, forgive us for what we've done that breaks our relationship with you. Lord, come, I pray. Lord, for those of us that really need to know more of your spirit alive in our lives, for those of us that struggle sometimes, Lord, may it be that when we get nudged in life on a weekly basis, that outflows from that is this spiritual water that you've promised. So, Lord, we thank you for this promise. We thank you for this invitation. We thank you for the fact it's available to each and every one of us. Come, Lord Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just before I hand back to Julia, I just wish to say that there are a number of people here from the prayer team and um, the elders all here this morning. If you want prayer, if you want to know more, if you want specifically Maybe you're hurting. Now, we said right at the very beginning, this is a week where there's a lot of people hurting. The prayer team are here to minister to those needs. And I would say, don't go. Don't let it be. But stay back and ask for somebody to pray. If you don't know who they are, come and see myself or Julia, and we'll signpost you in the right direction. We'll show you who can be there to pray for you. They would be delighted to do that, and there would be absolutely no trouble at all. Julia. Julia.